0: I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female. This week, my guest is Jan Frolick, a social entrepreneur who has spent the last decade working in gender diversity, equity and inclusion as an executive with Women of Influence and is now applying her experience and learning to her new global education company. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship programs. Visit thebrandisfemale.com podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. Jan's new venture, Captains and Poets, is a global education platform for kindergarten to grade 12. It empowers young people with an inner compass for navigating the world around them. It fosters a sense of connection and belonging, as well as a positive sense of agency in the world. Here is my conversation with Jan Froelich. Jan, it's such a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female. Thank you for making time to speak with me today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And I'd like to start these conversations by going back in time. Uh, when you were a little girl growing up, what did you dream about doing later in life? What kind of career were you thinking you'd end up being in?
1: I can tell you 100% I was not thinking about a career. I was very focused on the sandbox and <laughs> fishing and playing with bugs and um, Riding my bike? Yeah, I didn't have any of that. Uh, but I will say, as I got into high school, I had things like, maybe I wanted to be a paleontologist, a genetic counselor. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, you know, all uh, an, an archaeologist at one point. And I thought um, I'd, I'd go to guidance and have that conversation with my guidance counselor, you know, because they did these... Uh, these tests on what you'd be good at based on your I don't in inputting some things into some very, very old computer or after marking like little circles like choose your own adventure kind of I remember of thing. those. Yeah. yeah. And it came back, I don't know, I had a farmer or, or librarian or something. And so I, I made the appointment <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what I m I wanna do. And no my kidding. my guidance counselor was like, So how's your how's your math mark? I'm like, terrible. I'm terrible at math. And uh he said, Well, if you don't get your math, you you are going to amount to nothing and that was a very key moment for me that's Mm. when everything was like i hadn't thought about it but the one thing i knew was i was going to prove that guy wrong
0: (laughs) (laughs) and did you i have yes good good yes yes So we're going to make the jump because I want to talk about the company you recently launched, Um, but obviously there's been a a beautiful career path for you taking up to that step. So you're, uh, you know, you're you're now an entrepreneur, but you've worked for for other organizations before. So tell me a little bit about that first part of your, that first chapter or, or first few chapters in your career path leading up to now. Sure.
1: Um, I've actually owned a couple, three companies. <laughs> oh, um, so it's over, not your first yeah, time it's being my, an it's, entrepreneur. It's definitely not my my first time. Um, and in fact, I I started when I was quite oh, pretty young. Actually, um, I was twenty eight, I think, when I uh, had I I bought my first company. So my my journey mm. into entrepreneurship was um, I I loved what I was doing. I was working in advertising and marketing. I uh, was in, in the sales side of things, and I, ha- I, I knew my value. I was good. Mm-hmm. I was really good, and I knew my value in the company, and I was starting to be headhunted by other organizations, and what happened was I, I, I liked where I was. So instead of leaving for more money, I went to the owner of the company that I had been at, and I said, I want to buy your company. Um, And and he said, yes. And I'm like, I have no money. He's like, okay, (laughs) we'll figure it out. And that's how I started was I I had this bold, brave idea that I I could with nothing, um, zero experience, um, no money, like less than no money. But um, I loved what I did. And I just, I wanted to keep doing it.
0: Is, what what was the first company? What uh, what sector was it in?
1: It was in advertising sales. So I owned a big organization called Magazine Network, and we mm-hmm. represented all the arts and entertainment publications across the country.
0: Wonderful,
1: yeah, it was fantastic. And then from there, I I opened a um, organize a company called The Urban Traveler, and it was a incredible idea, sort of linking. Um, a, a, all of the urban content that was hap- like very cool things that were happening theater and music in all of these markets across Canada onto a website a single website and so people who were traveling between Montreal and Ottawa or Calgary and 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 Edmonton would have the top uh, content and 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 things that were happening in those markets. They could just go on to the Urban Traveler. They could see the best of the best music from all of the music and arts ent- editors, and they could you know have a really good time in those markets. Such an unbelievable idea, um, but it was pre iPhone, pre app, of course, and uh, and it was uh, and it failed because I couldn't mm. I couldn't keep going. It was in it it was a concept that people didn't really understand yet. Um, mm-hmm. And then from there, I decided, well, partially decided and partially was forced into doing something else because the internet sort of came about and print was right. uh, print died. Um, so I I bought a flower shop.
0: I didn't know that. And
1: yeah, I bought a flower shop, a, and it was such a I complete was like,
0: change of, to- of industry um but yeah, I, complete I, change yeah but yeah. but an interesting one that also calls on creativity and and so much more it,
1: and of course i i'd never i've never made a bouquet i had never made a corsage <laughs> i couldn't even keep a plant alive like i had knew nothing but i knew that it, i liked the idea mm-hmm. of it so i um i didn't uh that failed also <laughs> so i had so far 3 entrepreneurial, uh, ideas and companies and experiences. One very, very successful one, one that was just ahead of its time. One, it's hard to be a florist when you can't keep a flower alive. Mm. And, um, and then, um, I decided that I wanted the one thing I hadn't done really was work for somebody Mm -hmm. I'd only ever worked for myself for decades. So I was speaking to one of my advertising clients and she she and I had been meeting and I, I was like, you know what? I really feel like I need to switch things up a little bit. I need to go and uh, go work for somebody and see if that's even possible working for somebody else. And that's how I found Women of Influence. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, where I have been for the last 10 years working uh, in the for the advancement of women uh, worldwide. And I love that. And then, of course, now I um, I am with Captains and Poets, and that is a a, fu- a company that I have co-founded.
0: So you went from being an entrepreneur, but going to an organization that supports and works with a lot of women entrepreneurs. So it's it wasn't completely disconnected. Um, there, there was a, a very obvious link. Um, so my question was, you know, what what were some experiences, findings, learnings that? Uh, kind of help prepare you for and help you want to start your your own business again. And I'm especially curious about your time at Women of Influence. Um, you know, working with so many amazing women that the organization you know is is lucky to partner with and be involved with. Uh, maybe there were some lessons, experiences, findings that made you want to go back and start your your own business again. Uh, because with two businesses that were not maybe the you know ultimate success you you were hoping for, uh, that didn't scare you away from wanting to start a business again.
1: Yeah, I have this uh, mental block around fear when it when it comes to being an entrepreneur, and I mm-hmm. and I should be scared. I definitely should be. Um, but I, I like the I like the risk. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the build. I love the the opportunity to meet new people, create new networks, and just put myself out there and see what happens. Um, yes, yeah, so Captains and Poets is directly linked to Women of Influence, and it was born basically in a woman Women of Influence luncheon room. Um, as oh. I was attending, I was attending—I don't know—my gazillionth uh, luncheon, listening to another incredible person talk about their experience and like really being so inspirational and the 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 one thing that I was able to uh, that I had access to through women of influence was of course hundreds, thousands of women mm-hmm. who wanted to tell their own stories that wanted to connect um, and would would sit down with me and and tell me some of the things that were, barriers in their own career or their own personal lives when it came to just being you know because they're a woman Mm -hmm. Um, and I and I realized like we're sitting in these rooms we're having these amazing experiences together we're being inspired we're getting you know we're getting excited and we 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 feel the change we want to be a part of the change but at the end of the day a lot of these women were going back to work and going into their cubicle Mm -hmm. or their office or whatever and they weren't empowered mm-hmm. to do anything else. It was like they had this one opportunity to be in the room mm-hmm. and then nothing else happened. Um, and that started to wear on me mm-hmm. a little bit because I was very much thinking that my 10 years or at the time, six years, I was like, I, I, I'm not making any impact. I'm not making enough impact. I'm mm-hmm. gonna finish up here and, and I will have, nothing will have changed. And my own kids and all of their kids mm-hmm. are going to be dealing with the same uh, struggles and and obstacles as as I am, and my mother did, and my grandmother did like on mm-hmm. and on and and I thought, how how do I if I could make change, how could I do it? And it was the moment where I was like, I need to talk to kids. I need to brainwash like a whole new generation
0: is what I was thinking at the time. that's that's and, very smart. That makes a lot of sense,
1: yeah. And I started to think, I need to. Uh, I, I need to get in a room with some kids who are like that age that um, they're just in they're just in that between age mm-hmm. like that grade seven and eight age and like really have some conversations about dismantling gender mm-hmm. a little bit and uh, and and the expectations that we have around femininity and masculinity and start to have more of a human experience together um, and I decided that's what I was going to do. There was a, there was a lot of stuff that was happening. You know, we had toxic masculinity, we had Times Up. We had uh, me too. We had uh, a lot of administration in the u s. that was like it was it was, there was a lot of things that wow. were happening. Um and it was getting hard to breathe <laughs> a little bit. and and I thought, i gotta I gotta get in there. I gotta start having these conversations because these kids have fewer and fewer role models. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're getting sound bite information through not necessarily great channels right uh, and and they're living their lives based on that information. So I sent out a bit of a manifesto to some of my uh, leaders, um, some some leaders in the gender space, uh, in the corporate. And I said, this is what I want to do. What do you think? And they're like, well, that's amazing, but like, good luck. <laughs> this is what are you thinking? And and I, I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And then one person came back with an email that said, I have somebody that you need to meet. Mm-hmm. Would you mind if I forwarded that email? And he did that. And I was introduced to Jennifer Johnson, who is the co-founder of Captains and Poets. And her and I got on the phone and I'm not kidding. We had like a 15 minute corp- uh, conversation and we had an incorporated company within like
0: hours. Wow. Kind of thing. I love when that happens. So
1: against everything that I know as an entrepreneur, yeah. like getting into business with someone you don't know. Yeah. What? Like you don't do that. <laughs> but um we did. We did. We jumped right in and uh we built this company. Uh we we decided that we were going to build um a k- kindergarten to grade 12 curriculum. Mm-hmm. Uh really foundational social emotional learning that bridged inclusion which is really niche so it was all about self-awareness as the path to inclusion that there's a captain and there's a poet Mm. within each one of us is Mm. non-gendered and that um, when they work together you are your best most authentic self and when you are you can see that in other people and you can celebrate other people and hear their stories and that's what we've done we've built this beautiful beautiful program we offer the workshops we do all of the like um, incredible things and v- early on in the early days it did start very specifically around gender in fact mm-hmm. our incorporated company is called boy project <laughs> in that we were building a project around boys it was boy pro and we were projecting new ideas around masculinity oh, yeah.
0: okay mm-hmm.
1: So we we did we built this um and Captains and Poets was the the concept, the signature curriculum that was under the brand name. And we were immediately invited down to the United Nations uh to pitch our curriculum to um UN women on global. Wow. And that was that was incredible. Yeah. That no was kidding. a really beautiful opportunity. We went there, we we got all our ducks in a row. We were so excited and we had this Amazing chance Mm -hmm. to go in front of some people that were making really big change Mm -hmm. in that space. And we went to New York. We came back from New York and COVID hit. Wow. And so we've, so immediately we were struck with, uh, there are bigger things that are happening in this world and we need to just sort of step back. Um, But then also George Floyd was murdered. Mm. And globally, Mm this window this portal opened up right the conversations were being had around identity and authentic identity and uh being able to show up safely in spaces and and it wasn't just us talking anymore it was like mm-hmm. lots of people talking yeah. um and 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 lots of people who have always been talking but then were' being heard mm-hmm. and 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 it was we looked at our curriculum and we we're like this isn't about gender this is about identity. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so we took the time, So we we stepped back, we fully stepped back and we we re-looked at our curriculum. We went back to the drawing board. We brought in third-party diversity, equity, and inclusion consultants. We brought in teachers from all over the world as consultants. We piloted across Canada. We really, really did a deep dive on making sure that this was the most inclusive curriculum that we possibly could make. We have incredible uh, advisors from like all over the place with many, many different lived experiences Mm -hmm. that contributed to this uh, curriculum. So we feel now four and a half years later in a really good place. Um, But it was directly born because Mm -hmm. out of women of influence and the need for me, knowing that one day I was going to leave that organization to have done more, Mm -hmm. made some change for uh, for years to come. So when young people are coming up through corporate or they're coming out of university, college, whatever, they're going into the workforce that we're not still having the same conversations around whether or not they could be in a room with a woman. Right. Whether or not to have the door open, mm-hmm. if they're supposed to open the elevator or hold the elevator door, open the, co- like all kinds of conversations that we're continually having and no one quite gets or understands
0: and everybody has a different opinion. So we're starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. It, it I think that's such a brilliant idea and such important, um, you know, education that, that, is, that is really needed today. Um, but it makes me want to ask you the question. These women you were thinking of, the ones that, you know, attend a wonderful lunch, get inspired, but then go back to their cubicle and are not necessarily making changes to... Um, their career or, 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 or their lives really. Um, how else, you know, could we bridge that because you, you basically went back to the beginning and to really, uh, kind of instillating, um, uh, all, all these options, these opportunities, uh, allowing kids to dream, allowing kids to reflect around identity. Uh, but for, for women today who are kind of facing a situation where they might not feel fulfilled, they might not feel like they have a sense of purpose in their career. Is there something we can do for them? Or is there something that's missing in, you know, in in, in our society or in, um, I don't know if there's a, um, a platform that can support this or, you know, what can we do for those women who are going back and are still unhappy?
1: Yeah, I would... Uh, it's it's hard for me to say as an entrepreneur because I'm like get out go do something new <laughs> right but like that does not do like, that place of, yeah. yeah yeah it's a fully from a place of privilege and um and and I I, I have built I'm just that kind of person mm-hmm. um but uh I, I would say places like women of influence mm-hmm. are um incredible incredible communities um and there's I wish people I wish the women that are in those rooms took advantage of not just sitting at their own table with their own companies and the women they already knew because literally every single person in that room mm-hmm. wants to meet each other yeah like they they want to they they want the interaction they want mm-hmm. the connection um but they're you know, it's funny like it's it's a hard thing to do. You know, networking, mm-hmm. it, the word networking is is scary it, for a lot of people. It is, it really is. Yeah. But the but the truth is like everybody in those rooms wants to connect. Yeah. Um and I think there's power in that. Yeah. Well, I know there's power yeah. in that, right? When you when you build uh that 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 group of people who are in and there's men in those rooms too. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. And they, and there are and they're very supportive. You have to go in intentionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, focused on finding people that are going to move you forward, Mm -hmm. help you out, have some fun with like there's like, it's, it's all there waiting,
0: right? Yeah. And I think it's creating those connections, right? Because it's, as you, as you say, networking can seem scary to a lot of women and men, but I think there's been this, Mm -hmm. um, you know, culture of, you know, uh, there's a, a lot of structures in place for men to informally engage with one another in the workplace, outside the workplace. And for women, it you know, the systems were not necessarily built in for us. And here we are now developing our own and, you know, platforms like Women of Influence do a fantastic job. But I think it's really about that connection. And I love the story of that email you sent, of, you know, first thing you did, or one of the things you did when you started thinking about a new business was emailing people, you know, and trust, and then somebody put you in touch with somebody else. And I was just having a, an interview recently with somebody who had a similar story of they'd reached out to their network and somebody said, Oh, I'm on vacation. I think you have to meet this person here that we met at the resort who's doing exactly, you know, the kind of thing you're talking about. Um, so often that the, the power in just having those conversations and kind of exchanging with our network can take us to a lot of wonderful
1: places. I, I actually think it's the most powerful thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe organizations uh, like Women of Influence, and Women of Influence is really accessible, right? It's not, it doesn't cost you anything. It's like, well, I mean, it's a pay to play, but you know, be, being in the room is, uh, it's, it's affordable yeah. and it is uh, inspirational. Mm-hmm. And the people who show up, they're all there for the same reason. I really, I would highly recommend getting involved, putting yourself out there, taking that risk, a bit of a jump, right? Mm -hmm. Just do it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Women in Enterprise, and they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice, puts guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can all share experiences and learn from each other. Together. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. What do you think is the biggest obstacle for women living up to their full potential, their sense of purpose, you know, and what's the biggest obstacle really to, uh, to women being the best version of themselves, basically?
1: Yeah, I would say these women show up, um, everyone has that desire, right? Um, mm-hmm. And w- Women of Influence does an incredible job of, of, of providing that forum, definitely. But I will say probably the thing that I came up against like endless m- numbers of times, that is that women have a, a tremendous amount of guilt around mm-hmm. their advancement, um, mostly because of their home lives. And how they manage to do everything. We juggle a lot. We juggle so much. So the guilt factor is probably the the thing I've seen the most around um, why they don't move forward. They, why they don't move themselves forward? They don't. They don't have the time. They feel guilty doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, the success. Their success is like definitely takes a back seat. The other thing is, I think we and it, it, it ties in is that we we feel a lot right like we women have these power skills right like empathy you know yeah. often people talk of them as as soft skills they're not soft skills they're power yeah. skills they're they're the Absolutely. most important skills empathy and compassion and gratitude all of these things but we feel it so deeply and it's always right there and it takes mm-hmm. a, it it's a tremendous amount of energy um so we kind of we burn out Mm-hmm. We burn out, you know, and uh, to, you know, this week's a perfect example of the prime minister of New Zealand yeah. who is just, her tank is yeah empty. I right? like how so,
0: she explained yeah, that.
1: Yeah. And it was, it was beautiful, but it's, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is we have, we have guilt. We don't have time mm-hmm. and we have empty tanks mm-hmm. to move ourselves forward.
0: Absolutely. As a business leader, how do you deal with you know, things going wrong, any type of obstacles, adversity, difficult things thrown in your way. So I'm a
1: bit of a ranter. i uh, i I process things um, loudly <laughs> uh, and extensively. Mm-hmm. but uh, my my the thing I do most often is I will get into the shower and I will talk to myself until I just get it all out. Yeah, or, I will go for a walk and I will wrap a scarf around my head so you can't see my mouth. And I will just go for a long walk and I will talk to myself until I have got it all out. And that is how I
0: manage myself. (laughs) That's, I love that. (laughs) It's funny because I share the power of the shower. For me, it's not about talking in the shower, but... When I feel stuck or I don't know how I'm going to deal with a specific situation, you know, I have my shower in the morning or sometimes I'll need to have a shower later in the day, but it's when the ideas flow, right? There's something yeah. about the water or I don't know, or just, you know, disconnecting from other tasks. Um, I like the part where you're talking to yourself, though. That's really interesting. The
1: power <laughs> of the shower. I love that. That's so fantastic. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I definitely... I, I definitely have to vocalize. Yeah. And sometimes dinner times can be extremely stressful for everybody. And my kids are looking at each other like, don't talk to mom.
0: Don't talk to mom. <laughs> like, That's funny. Well, you found a way to, you know, make it work for you and uh not not bother anybody else with it when it when it's not necessary. Yeah, it does work for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to your experience as a serial entrepreneur, now that I know uh, about your, your, your past experiences, um, what are some of the lessons, you know, you've built businesses, one worked really well, two maybe not so well, and then you had a lot of time where you were spending time with entrepreneurs, hearing about their story, you know, successful business leaders. What are some lessons that you've retained and that you find still useful today?
1: I think it, I think it really actually does go back to what we were just talking about is making sure that you put yourself out there, Mm -hmm. um, make sure, you know, like you have to be yourself, right? It's really about following your passion, being secure in who you are, Mm -hmm. what you're doing, um, not being afraid to reach out. And I, I will tell you, like, I have had, I've reached out to some people who I just think no one's, they're never going to get back to me. Yeah, They're way too busy but the truth is, it doesn't really matter who you are, what level you're at. Everyone wants to help. People want to help. They want yeah, to be involved. Absolutely. If they and they want and they want they want to connect with you. They they do. Like everybody's not everybody. I will. But most people.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just want to feel like they have a purpose. Yeah. So I think my big what you know one of the things I learned is if you don't ask, it will literally Ex- never happen.
0: Exactly. Right. Yeah. But if you do ask, you you know. Great things happen. Yeah. Great things happen. And I want to say that's one of the things that comes up, you know, with most women leaders who have come on this show is they talk about just the power of we all have access to LinkedIn, right? And even, you know, in person coffee now, we're kind of going back to in person a lot more, but it can be a virtual chat. And somebody who doesn't have a lot of time, it can be just an email exchange asking, you know, for somebody's opinion or asking for feedback. Um, so I'm I'm glad you bring you bring that up. Um how do you define or how do you view uh your role as a leader? And you, you know, you own uh you occupy a position of leadership at the helm of your company, you have in other companies as well. But uh as a woman, what's your definition of leadership?
1: I it's I, I actually think everyone's a leader. Mm -hmm. I I really do believe that deeply. Um, We all have opportunities to lead in our lives. And I think, and one of the things that we teach through captains and poets to some young people, uh, well, all young people is, is about self-leadership, right? Mm. That is probably the most important role I, I have in the leadership play space is that how I lead my life, how I lead myself through my life, how I, how I get through obstacles, how I show up every day, how I, you know, live with, by my values. Like that's really important to me. Um, So I would say that's, that's, that's the leadership. That's my most important leadership role. Mm -hmm. I will also say that leadership sort of appeared as I got older. Right. That was the other thing is like, I didn't intentionally be a leader, but all of a sudden I was like the oldest person there. And I I (laughs) kind of had to be a leader. I was like, they were looking at me and, and all these amazing young women. Right. And I, and I'm like, grandma, and I'm like, I guess I have to have something of value to say and offer because they're looking at me for it. And so I, I, and I, it was a huge responsibility, mm-hmm. but it's incredible. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't, I didn't just give the, get the opportunity to like, tell them to like moisturize their elbows and this part of their neck and things <laughs> like that. I, like I had actual things too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wear sunscreen. And, uh, but but I also got to receive. I, I had so much learning from them, too. Like right, it, yeah. that that was incredible. So yeah. I, I um, it's it's a big responsibility when it when it does come when you realize that people are looking at you, expecting that through your experiences that maybe they could learn from, and I kind of learned at the same time when they were mm-hmm. waiting for it that I had a ton of amazing experience. I had done incredible things. I did have advice to offer. So, um. That's just that, that leadership part is really fun. That, mm. That's the fun part.
0: And that I like how you uh, talk about how that happens because it feels like, you know, I, for a long time, I've looked to older women or older individuals in the room and in, in the workplace and, you know, looking up to them as leader and then realizing and, and feel like I was that person for a long time. And then the day where you realize, wait. I'm now expected to be a leader <laughs> and I probably am and I probably should be, right? Um, but that's that's interesting when that shift happens. But I'm curious to ask you um, in your work with, you know, the younger generation um, that you're, you're, you're working with at Captains and Poets, are you seeing a change? Are you seeing a shift in um, how, how kids today view their role in the world? Because I think there used to be and I think we're from a, a similar generation, not, not that far from each other, where, you know, there was always a lot of respect in the workplace for someone who was in a senior position and had a lot more years of experience. And often there, you know, there was gender play at work as well. Um are you seeing that kind of change is it continuing is it moving in the right direction basically is my question I like
1: I like to think that it's moving in the right direction I I will say that by the time we have uh, we we got into schools where we were mid covid right or even in some cases at the beginning of covid then through covid and we're just coming mm-hmm. out of covid so we're seeing the impact of that
0: where kids mm, interesting
1: are they're, they've been set back, right? right. They don't have yeah. a sense of agency like they mm. should, and probably would have uh, if they had had the chance to connect with other mm. people, to go through the system, to be a part of their peer groups. You know, like there, it's, it's, it's a little bit, a little bit not the way I would, I thought it was going to be. There's a lot of mm. we're making up. For lost time right now, right. we're setting new foundations uh, and and explaining leadership and mm-hmm. really explaining to them that they have everything within them to be the best selves, but they have to find that right now, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's a it's more difficult than I
0: expected. So we're having an opportunity a new challenge, right? We We've are moved in the right direction, but we have this whole new set of yeah, obstacles a, whole a, set. Of yeah. Mm-hmm. a whole new mm-hmm. set, yeah,
1: a whole new set they're just really str- they're struggling kids are struggling with boundaries physically emotionally they're uh, mm-hmm. struggling with uh, owning you know owning what they do and they have they feel like they need permission all the time either from parents or teachers like they just that can't quite yeah. figure out how to do things and and feel confident to do it on their own just yet mm-hmm. but it's there it's in them right like we mm-hmm. talked to the the littlest kids they know it's it's all sitting there waiting to come out. It's just a matter of, you know, we have to get through this next
0: little while. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that probably gives, a, you know, a whole other mandate to captains and poets and, uh, you know, even more value for, for, for you guys being able to offer the program.
1: Yeah. And actually, the thing that the thing that's come out of this is how much we need to work with educators mm-hmm. themselves, because. It's not just the kids that have gone through this. We've all gone through this, and yeah. you have teacher exhaustion. You have, you know, under understaffed schools. It's like everybody is dealing in it yeah. like their own unique ways with having like coming back to the classroom mm-hmm. um, and. And trying to connect, and also just sort mm-hmm. of generally keep themselves together, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah so we're we're exploring the whole uh, work. Well, we are we're working with teachers and and having mm-hmm. them reflect on their own captain and poet. It's a bit of an oxygen mask kind of thing. They they can't mm-hmm. really do this unless they're feeling whole. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that that was an interesting thing that came out of out of working with uh, the kids in during pandemic
0: times. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so fascinating. Um, I want to come back to being a woman entrepreneur and women entrepreneurs today. Um, we've talked about, you know, the power of connection and, and programs such as Women of Influence, but um, do you think it's still important in 2023 to specifically support women entrepreneurs? And it's interesting because you've built a program where you're speaking to boys and girls and, you know, kind of really helping Um, uh, what I understand, you know, rewrite the norms uh, around gender um, and promote inclusivity and diversity. But in our reality today in 2023, why should we still support women specifically in, in the entrepreneurship world?
1: Well, I think I'm a bit of an outlier in this. You know, a lot of people talk about how they don't want to be considered a woman entrepreneur. They just yeah. want to be an entrepreneur, right? Or a female they don't founder. Want to yes, they don't they don't want that. Yeah. And and I I look at it very differently. And we were divided even in women of influence as a leadership team uh, on yeah. this. Yeah. Like I, I very much feel that we still need to have mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. qualifier, I guess. But yeah. and because and I mean this is a perfect example. Today I think it was like uh Corn Ferry put out a study that there are now fifty women CEOs
0: mm-hmm.
1: in Fortune 500 companies. Yep,
0: mm-hmm.
1: fifty. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. to me, we are still not being seen. We're not being heard. There's yeah. a bazillion obstacles, and I very yeah. much I first of all, way to go. I love being a woman. I love mm-hmm. it. I also love being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel still that we need to get to the you know at when you're at the top of the mountain, you got to scream it from the top of the mountain because there are so many people that need to hear it. Yeah. They need to hear it. They need to see it because it it opens up possibilities for themselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's, that is the one thing I probably saw at Women of Influence a lot was uh, just some women just really... Well, it's the whole concept. If you can't see it, you can't be it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. That,
1: that that whole, and it's very, very, very real. So I believe that, and I'm not sure that was the question that you asked me, but I believe that it's important to label, yeah. first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then supporting women entrepreneurs. Yeah, of course. Like, well, I mean, it's like, it's just like the sisterhood. You support your sisters. <laughs> that's, that's what I feel like, you know, it's not, I don't, I, I make a, I intend and make an intentional effort to really support the women in my neighborhood who have small businesses. Like I, I like that. And um and in the entrepreneurial side of things, especially in small business, um, it I support them because very often women entrepreneurs are doing these businesses because they can't fit in everything in corporate or in a in a nine to five job. Like they can't juggle it. Mm-hmm. Right. Or there's not there hasn't been opportunity for them. -hmm. Or they were like, some people are doing this out of necessity, right? Like they have to, they have to do something somehow. Mm -hmm. And you know, we're especially now, you know, you know, post-pandemic, and you know, there's a lot of women lost their jobs, like in huge numbers, and also had childcare, and like, then what do you do? Mm -hmm. We got, you got to start. We're really resourceful people, right? It's like I'll just start my own. Mm -hmm. And sometimes. It's out of necessity, so I definitely, definitely would support women entrepreneurs.
0: And where you've answered the question, you know, you quoted the 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 Corn Ferry study, and uh, again, to me, it's I saw this week people on social platforms celebrating the fact that you know something like I don't know the the percentage now ten percent or fifteen percent of a Fortune five hundred are. Uh, it it would be 10% are, you know, have women CEOs. But to me, it's what in 2023, we're still at that number. And we know in terms of access to financing, whether it's, you know, VC, uh, capital investment and so on, women are still underrepresented at the table. And looking at roles on boards, on senior management teams, it's still, we're still not seeing equity or, or equality um, yeah. So yeah, we still we might not you know some women might not want to be called a female founder or woman entrepreneur, and I get you know the girl boss concept is uh, a little outdated at this point, but mm-hmm. the support is still needed. That's very clear. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, that's so. I, I may I may be an outlier because I don't think a, a lot of very successful women CEOs and founders probably agree with me on that one. But I that's I, I feel it I, deeply. I,
0: I think quite a few would, actually. But it's oh, always good. interesting to have those yeah. uh, those debates and exchanges. Um, what's on your vision board for 2023? What's something that you're working towards, maybe something new or uh, possibly a, a, a new phase and a growth of Captains and Poets?
1: I'm constantly changing my vision board. So I, I journal. That's one thing that I do every single day, probably more than once. I set my intentions in the morning. I close up every night on my journal. I literally had a journal since I was nine years old. Um, So it's my vision board changes pretty much day to day, but Mm -hmm. this year I would like to design the life that I'm intending to lead over the next five years.
0: Ah, oh, I like that. Yeah.
1: I it's about it's about That's designing the life. Concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's designing the life I want to live. I have mm-hmm. big plans, right? Mm-hmm. I and I want to build this company. I want to be as global as possible. Um I want to bring in all the people. I just I just want to enjoy it. I want to have fun. I want to do the good work and I want to uh, you know, spend time with my kids and mm-hmm. watch them go off and build their lives and just I don't know. I it's it's less frantic, I would mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. uh, than it has been years before. I'm in a different mm-hmm. stage of my life. I just turned 50, right? Like it's, it's a, uh, I, I feel a slightly uh, calmer than I have yeah. years leading up to this. So mm-hmm. my vision board is to live well, take care of myself
0: mm-hmm.
1: and design a great life.
0: Mm-hmm. That I, I love that as a as an intention. That's very good advice. I'll be uh you're 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 inspiring me to do to do something similar. And what I think is my last question, because I feel like we could be continuing this conversation for a long time, but if you had to sum up top two or top three tips, advice for women entrepreneurs, women thinking about starting a business, you've you know highlighted the importance of connection and networking what else would be on that list?
1: Um, I would say build a loyal team and and make a a a, a real mission to bring in other voices and stories that you you, in experiences um, that you don't have yourself. That's how you're going to get the greatest, uh, greatest, most beautiful company. Mm -hmm. First of all, Um, I'd say if you are I, I, don't mortgage your house for a company. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. Unless like, like, don't take that kind of risk on, um, don't overextend yourself that way. If you can, yeah. if you can't,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and get comfortable knowing how to do everything, <laughs> even the things you hate, like I know what I'm really good at and I know what yeah. I'm really bad at. And I right now I have to do equal portions of both <laughs> and <laughs> it's not very fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It, and and that's I think that's probably something that a lot of just people starting their own business in general underestimate, right? It's yeah, we when we start a business, we think we're gonna be spending all our time doing whatever it is, this wonderful idea that we're really excited by, but we end up spending so much time on HR accounting, yeah. IT stuff, etc. Um, and that's always a bit of a surprise, I think, for first time entrepreneurs.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. But on the, on the upside of that is you learn new skills.
0: True. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And you learn about running a business overall, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like you, when it's your third time or fourth time running a business, I'm sure you have a little bit of experience at this point.
1: Yeah. I'm still pretty bad at most things and really good at some (laughs) things.
0: (laughs) But you know, at least, you know,
1: (laughs) and I'm very comfortable with that.
0: Well, thank you so much, Jen. It was a pleasure talking to you, hearing about your new venture. We'll keep an eye out for what's next with Captains and Poets, and we'll link up all the ways that people can find you and wishing you the best with your plans and intentions for the new year. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Thank you to TD Women and Enterprise for their support of The Brandis Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening today. If you did enjoy the show, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound Engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support Claire Miglionico.